Hi, I'm Jessica. Welcome to the Village Roundtable. I'm Chris. I'm Ron. I'm Aaron the Sound Guy. And today's episode is the Village People Part 2, where we interview Colin Prusak. Today we discuss his journey and what services the village is going to hopefully provide in the future. We go way back, but um, yeah, this is just his village story and what the village means to him. So let me get this started. All right, question number one. What inspired you to work at the village? Well, like Ron said, I've been volunteering at the village since I was a child, um, about 10, 12 years old. I have um, kind of gotten a chance to see the village grow and evolve in a lot of different ways, from where we started in the strip center um, near Luby's to where we're at today with a day program that has about 80 to 90 clients on average every day, a lot of different departments. Um, what inspired me to work here professionally, I would suppose, is um, my sister Carly, who has Down syndrome and autism. Um, I had a lot of people that, through my early years of life, decided to bully me for my sister's disability, and I always took strength uh, from that and decided to turn it into a vocational path where I could turn um, pain into something that was beneficial towards other people like yourself and the other villagers that attend our programs here. So, like, that's amazing. That's an amazing story. That is um, awesome. So, like, at what age did you really go, you know, that was just where you want to go down that road? Um, what's funny is I don't think there was ever a point in time where I just kind of, you know, snapped my fingers yeah. and clicked into it. It just kind of... Um, so when I was... Um, you know, I went to college in Tennessee on a soccer scholarship to um, get some of my tu- most of my tuition paid for. And um, when I was up there, I really grew into myself, and I stopped allowing some of that pain from being bullied to occur. And I got my clinical psychology degree, and I kind of found myself. And then after that, I didn't really I didn't really think of going into this field. I was going to go and get my master's and um, become a licensed professional counselor. Um, I was going to stay at the same school I was at, and then I kind of just switched the um, script, and I decided not to do that, and I decided to move back home and kind of pursue other avenues. Uh, wow. I actually came back home and attempted to write a, uh, a book, a novel, um, non-related to special needs in any way, but um, something I'm very passionate about is writing. So. Right. so what is your role exactly at the village? My role is director of operations. Um, well, my role now is director of operations. So for about the last 12 months, um, before that, I initially came into the um, vocational program manager position for the DR-17 grant. That was some Hurricane Harvey um, relief funds that we received in order to provide free services towards residents of the city of Houston in order to help them get job placement um, for those that were displaced um, because of Hurricane Harvey. I remember that because you were under the job training program when I started going over there for my job training to work with the village. Started doing job training. Yeah, I remember that. I remember you coming into the uh, job training program and um, me getting to kind of meet you all over again. We hadn't seen each other in a long time, yeah. and it was an interesting. It was an interesting situation because we got to see how um, each other had grown. And gone. We got into seeing how each other kind of grew up in different ways, and I got to see, you know, where you were at life now and where um, I was in your eyes, and you kind of gotten to see me as something other than maybe the little kid who used to just volunteer here, and that might have been something that was interesting well, for you. I, I know for me personally, and it's like you said, you know, you went from the little kid to this mature, grown-up man that you are now, and you still 
kind of have your goofy moments, but you've changed completely, and it's kind of crazy because you're grown up and you're so mature and you handle so much. If you would ask me right when I first met you if I could see you in this position, I honestly wouldn't know how to answer that. Yeah, I feel you, man. I think that, um, I think that, so I think that you know this, and I don't mind sharing this on the podcast, kind of um, because of some stuff that we've all been going through anyway over the last few months. Um, When I did move back home, like I was talking about earlier, to pursue writing that book, um, I started at a job at uh, Including Kids, which is an autism clinic. I was there for about three or four months before I went back to visit my old um, university for a um, homecoming game with a couple of my friends that I'd known since childhood and actually you've known as you knew as well Um, and unfortunately during that particular road trip um, one of them passed away due to a a pretty tragic accident so I think when that happened is when my journey started in a much different direction and I would say that that's kind of what has led me to this moment today in terms of the maturity that you've seen and the growth that you've seen. I mean I I understand that because I've been through some of those moments too like sometimes life totally throws you a curveball that you're not ready for and it makes you kind of take a step back and look at things differently um you know i i've had a few of those moments too where you kind of have to put on your big boy pants and figure things out well like with rosie most recently i'd say for sure and you know with with losing her and unfortunately i've just i've had a lot of experience dealing with that And I can help these guys deal with that in a healthy way and just kind of be there for them. Um, It's, you know, I have my moments like everybody else, but I I try to be there for these guys as much as I can. And according to some of the staff, I'm too hard on myself. You know, I need to take more breaks and take time for myself, but I don't really do that. But I, I love it here. That's why I'm here so much. These guys mean the world to me. They've helped me through a lot. And I think I've had the privilege to share some of the um, people that have passed in my life um, over the last uh, month or so um, with you guys and some of the other villagers here when they've needed it. And um, what's cool in my perspective is seeing the support system that you guys are able to provide for the villagers that... um, may not have some of the same tools and resources that you guys do um, on a aspect of um, what your special needs are versus theirs. And it's been really, um, really cool to see you guys all band together in order to provide that um, support system. Well, like, and that's, that's another thing that's amazing to me as far as just the village, like the understanding where like I could talk to Jessica where I'm having a rough cerebral palsy day or whatever. And, like, we just, we can joke about it or at least, you know, we understand each other enough to know that, hey, you're having a rough day and that's okay with your spasms or whatever's going on. Um, What services does the village provide? So, like I said earlier, we kind of have grown from just providing a day program service. And even that has kind of changed because our day program service now is um, predominantly pre-vocationally based, which is something that the state of Texas is moving towards within the new year and um, all day programs will be required to um, satiate and fulfill a certain level of uh, state required regulations. So we're preparing for that and we've been preparing for that over the the COVID times and the pandemic. We've brought um, a higher level of staff 
into the buildings to um, help with ratios. We've attempted to give um, better wages to our staff so that we can try and compete with the uh, competitive nature of this field. And um, we've tried to bring better people in that are going to be in the right seats for you guys while you're at the day program because when you're here, we want you to have a team of professionals that are going to facilitate anything that you guys need, no matter what your special yeah. need is, as long as we have the capabilities. So there's the day program. We have a home and community services uh, department, which sort of facilitates anybody who's on the Medicaid waiver program for HCS and is specifically Village HCS. Right. We help with that particular stuff, and that includes offering supported employment opportunities for those who have jobs or employment assistant opportunities for those who are training for jobs. We also have the vocational program itself. Um, that is job training, and you go into a very specific uh, regimen, and then eventually we try and help place you in a job independently or give you volunteer opportunities if that's your goal. It just kind of depends upon what you have going on. So what issues aren't being met right now that the village uh, is trying to fill in? Like, where are their holes right now? Well, so we also have an assisted living facility called Stony Glen, and that's phenomenal. Uh, I'd say that because demand for having facilities and homes that can act as places for people with special needs to live, um, so we have two small HCS-based group homes. Um, we have the apartment complex that um, runs through a third-party consult that we kind of have a partnership with and help uh, manage their waiting list. Um, so I see that the biggest need that we're attempting to solve for is housing and what are the best ways to go about that and how can we give the opportunities on, di on the full spectrum because you have assisted living, independent living, um, full-time care, all the broad spectrum of what different people of different special needs need. I have a question. Sorry, I'm sure. Go ahead. Hey, Colin, do you know if there's going to be any apartments in the near future? So there have been some projects in the works that we've been trying to receive funds through the city of Houston and different grants. Um, I would say at this time there is no um, can talk about that we would be you know, um, pushing for at the moment. I think our goal in the new year is to expand on um, hopefully trying to get our foot in the door with more group homes through the, our HCS department, um, trying to facilitate consulting with different people who need um, housing opportunities and figuring out what the best way for us as the village to operate in regards to that is. So if we can open the homes ourselves, if we can work with different parents who might have the capabilities of buying the homes and then we can work with them to help house those homes. We really just want to um, find solutions to providing housing and giving anybody in the special needs community the ability to have that type of um, service. So I have a question. Um, what is, like, the earliest age someone can start transitioning to being a villager? So technically, uh, the earliest age that you can come into the day program is 18. Um, there might be some other regulations for Stony Glen, the assisted living facility. Um, but I'm pretty sure that 18, uh, for the most part, is, like, the cutoff um, in terms of when you're transitioning from receiving, you know, high school-based services and having, like, ARD meetings and stuff like that when you're in high school to um, transitioning into a program like we have. Now, 
Um, you can stay in a high school type program and go into something like a mosaic program where you're working to transition into more of adult living and independent living type situations until you're 22. So it's really just based upon what the person and their family or guardian chooses to do in regards to their situation. We have some people here that are 18. We have some people here that are 70. We have all in between. Okay. Um, so what for you is the most satisfying part of your job? I'd say that the most satisfying part of my job is the opportunity to interact with you, um, the people that I um, have a very special place in my heart for, um, getting to know each of you individually and building the rapport with you so that when we have difficult moments like we did um, in the last um, little bit of time with Rosie, I can step in and not not come off as disingenuous. I come and try and give help and advice and mentorship because I know each of you on a different level so I'm able to talk to you talk with you yeah. rather than talk at you about things and I feel like my biggest joy is being able to have conversations with you all because you're in my eyes we're on the same level and we're approaching each other on the same level well and like that's and that's what I've kind of said in the first episode is where they they find people who are good at meeting at the same level like they're not talking down to us it's just there's you know there's a respect there you do have to earn that naturally like any relationship but you know i i think that that's just one thing that the village is really really good at yeah i think you know, I've had the opportunity to help with some of the hiring process over the um, COVID and pandemic era because we've just been very, you know, we've been in a very tight spot in terms of trying to find good people and to put in the right places. And I think our team and the people that I get to work with and um, the people that make up the village leadership, we have, we have been able to facilitate trying to vet people on a higher basis of figuring out who the right types of staff are to bring to the table so that not only can they be successful, but they can bridge the gap of figuring out the best ways to come together with you to provide the highest level of service possible for each individual that we have in regardless to whatever department we're servicing them for. I really can't think of anything else. I mean, thank you for your time. It was, it's always good to talk to you, dude. Yeah, man. And I can't wait to put this into the podcast. We're shaking hands right now. We're shaking hands right now. You can't right see now. that because we haven't gotten the video technology but up yet. But soon. <laughs> it's coming. Um, but really? yeah. It is coming. Do you guys oh, have any, any questions, comments, concerns? Do you, uh, yeah, Jessica and Aaron, we want to make sure that um, even if you don't have any written down, let's, let's you know, what do you guys have questions and what do you guys have questions for me wise? Um. I don't really have, that was my only question, like is there going to be like a new set of apartments coming someday? I think um, that our, yeah, I think that our goal is to provide um, housing opportunities for mm -hmm. you all as much as we can and um, to figure out ways to do that cool. and get creative. I think that another goal of ours is to expand where we're providing services. I think a big goal of mine, if we can do it, is to try and give services not just in the Kingwood community, but try and expand because there is a need. And some families do travel a very long way to receive our services. So if we can yes. figure out a way to bridge that gap. So as far as expansion, like, are you thinking of like 
almost doing another like village center? I mean, I, I wouldn't say that we're committed to any one thing. I think that we're just looking for ways to provide, you know, like with the vocational grant that we have right now, we have a team of people that go into the city, go into different areas um, of the greater Houston you know, environment in order to provide um, services. So I, I think that we want to find more ways in order to do that, whether it's through maybe having another day program somewhere else, right. if it's through whatever that might be. But there's nothing solid and there's no specific plan yet. It's just okay. kind of in its gestation period. Okay, I would say. Cool, cool. Yeah. I'm definitely staying here because I've been here since 2011 and I lived over at Stony Lynn for two and a half years. Then in 2013, I moved to the apartments and I've been there ever since. I've been to three different units. Um, I moved, I moved uh, in 2013 to apartment four, and then I moved to, or two, to a two bedroom, I should say. And then I moved to a one bedroom. Now I'm back to a two bedroom. Well, let me flip the script on you. What? has been your most successful living situation and why do you think it is for you based upon your needs and what um, the village has been able to kind of adapt and provide for you on a case-by-case basis? Well, I've had a lot more friends since I've moved here. When I lived with my parents, I had friends, but they were all from high school, so they were older friends, but when I came here, I was like, I have my choice of whoever I want to be friends with, so it's it's just great. And do you think that choice um, and having the availability of a broad spectrum of people to kind of interact with has helped you to grow into your community? Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. I know with me, it um, as far as that broad spectrum of people with disabilities, it's made me more understanding, a lot more patient, and even particularly working here, like, you know, I can't be quite as off the cuff as I used to be you know I used to have a very short fuse and I've had to like train myself to kind of be like okay you know and like these guys keep me on my toes I wouldn't have it any other way um and like I I love these guys they're great people you know it's just like everybody's got their own thing and I've been around them so much that like I'm just used to it I'm used to however they act. They don't really throw me for a loop as much. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's beautiful. I think that that's a good, um, I think that being able to model that for the staff that we have here, even when some of the other folks that we have villager-wise are having rough days or needing certain things based upon their special needs or maybe some behaviors that they have, I think you modeling for the staff at times and being the leadership that um, I know you guys can be, um, that provides a really good avenue to teach our staff how to behave when there are difficult situations that we need to accommodate for or figure out. So do thank you, you. Do you really think I do that? I don't. Think. I think that every, a lot of the, I think that the way that you interact with Andy, for instance, at oh. certain times, or even other people in your class, just when they're having difficult days, I think is a really beautiful thing because take what you have internally and understand that this person is just having certain situations that if I'm able to role model for those around me, despite if it's staff or clients, maybe that will help providing Andy the or anybody else what they need during their day. I mean, like, you know, and these guys give me so much too. Like, you know, whether it's just, it's hard for me to come in here and be sad because like you, you've just got guys always just, 
for the most part, being happy and just being themselves and being in the moment. I very rarely have days to where I'm just down on the dumps after I come in here because, like, these guys bring so much, and I, I try to match that the best I can. Well, and maybe in another um, session we can talk about something that I think is a really interesting topic, or maybe you guys can just talk about it by yourselves. Um, I think that there is definitely a perspective that people with special needs or maybe specific special needs might always just be happy, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that there's that... Um, kind of stereotype of oh they're always just happy and they never have any bad days right. and they just always put a smile on my face and I can tell you from working yeah. here and volunteering here that while I love to have a smile on my face and I love to see y'all happy you guys mm -hmm. sometimes do have down days and they need to be accounted for and you need to be respected for having I them. no I I understand that I just like I I try to not bring that energy here right and like I try to process it when I'm away from here that may or may not be healthy um <laughs> honestly um i just i feel like sometimes if if i bring that here i don't want i don't want anybody else to feed off that well and i think that's being a leader because i try not to um and i know that for instance christy uh, my boss the executive director here tries we try not to bring the energy of you know if, if we, either one of us are having a bad day or something's going on. Uh, I think we both and other people in our leadership team try not to bring that to the people around them because it's right. not fair. So I think that that represents a quality of you as a leader and some of the other folks that are part of the Village Roundtable and the Village Ambassador team. Um, you guys understand that, you know, in certain situations when you're having a bad day, I've seen you do it. You go to the side and you and you and you just depend upon your little group of people to band together and then you process the emotions and then you yeah. try not to show them in front of the rest of everybody else so that they don't yeah. necessarily have to take on the burden of your emotions and their own. Yeah. And you guys have a really good understanding and of that. And it works. It does. It, it really well, works it, it works particularly, you know, recently with some, with some of the villagers we've lost, unfortunately, mm -hmm. you know, and we just we rally around each other but that's that's what this place does and they've i've been coming here consistently for almost 10 years now with my new uh place that i stay at we've made it a thing to where unless i'm sick i'm here um but you know i just i love it i i love this place and i love the people here and i wouldn't trade it for anything and we even go over to me and Aaron. We even go over to Ron's house on the weekends sometimes. Well, and it's chill. it's led to like even more friendships, so, and yeah. it's more than just seeing them at the village. And mm -hmm. you know, we get together and enjoy time together. Mm -hmm. No, and I love that, and I, I love that you guys have the tenacity and the wherewithal to uh, to have those types of relationships, so that you can, you know, outside of these walls, facilitate whatever types of activities or things that you want to do outside these walls and it makes me really happy yeah so. our interview went over 10 minutes after we shook hands that's okay so it's all good <laughs> we're gonna close it out because we know that mr colin is literally always busy so uh but i appreciate you guys giving me some of your time all right no problem 
Thank you very much. Handshake again. Yes. <laughs> Ron just vice gripped me. I'm going to have to let that one go. <laughs> Jessica's a little bit more of a delicate touch. Aaron's right in between, I feel. Oh, no, we're going. This is. This He's is, going dainty. He's going very, very limp. With it. Very limp. Yes. Limp biscuit over here. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's what he said. And oh we're my gosh. out. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. This has been the Village Roundtable. I'm Jessica. I'm Ron. I'm Chris. And I'm Aaron the Sound Guy. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye.